We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Podcast is presented to you by Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Make sure you check them out. The 400K Baller is here for week four. $10 entry, $50,000 to first place. And as always, they've got their Yahoo Cup. It's a free roll each and every week for you. And if you get the perfect lineup, you can win $1 million. Only over at Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Welcome back to the Absolutely Epic Early Week Podcast. Dean here. That's Dean7904. If you want to get all technical on me, we're going to talk NFL DFS Week 4. This is not the last podcast you should listen to, but it's definitely the first podcast you listen to. Uh, batting first, leading off, it's one Grant Niefer. Niefer, you know from such things as the Sharp Side app, Monkey Knife Fight, CEO of Ryan Fitzpatrick's Fan Club. He is the listener of the same music as your nine-year-old niece, the advocator of the Lawn Mower 2.0. If you're in a pinch, he's a sneaky good babysitter. And he's also the world's last snickerdoodle truther. Grant, what's going on, dude? I like how you got that intro today, and you tried it out, and you loved it so much you used it again tonight. <laughs> well, who knows what the Venn diagram looks like as far as the people that listen to, you know, the, the, the flagship show over there, uh, Grinders Live, or, you know, the absolutely epic early week podcast. I guess we'll hear. We'll find out soon enough, I suppose. Yeah, I guess you're probably first first NBA podcast we do. You're bringing it up, too, just to get all the, all the people. But, yeah, football week three went – all right, for me, I almost took down a thirty grand GBP, but oh, yeah, didn't didn't end up working out. I can't remember what it was. I think it was was Mike Evans. I almost won it without Mike Evans in my lineup, and then I almost had a Mike Evans lineup go up to first. But you know, it didn't happen. I move on. It happens. Also join the show. I, I don't have an equally impressive uh, intro. I apologize. You've heard a sad trombone. We got sad Mangone. Mangone, <laughs> you, you were, uh, you're the loser uh, as far as, um, you know, our little tweets and consequences. We're going to get to that later on in the show, of course. 
Uh, currently, though, and this is what's most important. You're only as good as your last wager, I suppose. You're very excited about your, your showdown slate as of right now. Um, we are recording this, as we always say, on a Monday night. So it is a first look. We're just kind of taking a peek as far as what's going down in the slate. Uh, we talked the main slate only. Uh, so let's cross the Jets out. Well, they're not even playing football this week. Cross out the Jets. Fr- cross out the Niners. Thursday, Philly, Green Bay. Won't be talking about them. Dallas, New Orleans, Sunday night. Forget them. And Monday night, Cincy, Pitt. Uh, cross those dudes off the list as well. What's up, man? Go How's uh, Monday night treating you? Yeah, man. Monday night football. Listen, it's Bears, Redskins, but it's still a good time. Uh, making some money, so can't complain about that. Definitely tilted that uh, defense got the best of me, and it's my job here to not let that happen. And uh, listen, uh, we can't we can't go undefeated anymore. It's a okay, but uh, we can still take down first place uh, throughout the season, and we got our uh, you know we got our eye on the prize. You know you are statistically average on this podcast so far through three weeks. <laughs> you have not done better than anyone else. You are currently tied for last. We're all we're all tied for last. We're all tied for first. We're it's all a war is zero, here. basically. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, it's basically the monkey can do just as well. Just flip a coin, you know, whatever the monkey is. Uh, that's just, I got a flashback to like taking the SAT and one of my teachers would say like, listen, the monkey is going to get 25% right. Just click the, the C every single time or whatever. But the, I don't know. That's the route I went, and that's what we're talking about. Uh, later on in the show, we have a little bit of shenanigans. Of course, we'll have another question for the people to answer in the chat. Uh, not in the chat, but, uh, you know, the comment section on the Roto-Grinders page. And, Grant, we did pick a winner as far as, uh, as, far as last week's contest. We shared some stories as far as having to, uh, you know, uh, use the restroom in a pinch. Uh, we got a winner for sure, so still stay tuned for that. So you, you picked a winner, and it's, uh, it was a tough call. We had a couple, uh, couple good, uh, uh, you know, entries there. Uh, one more thing. We, oh, one of our winners from the previous week, Grant, uh, and I wanted to ask you guys thoughts as far as both of these things because I think this is important, and we don't really talk about it in, uh, you know, in this podcast or in a lot of places. It's not talked about enough, but it's super important when it comes to DFS. You want to stay sustainable. I'll go to you first, Van Gogh. Uh, a real question. No shenanigans out the gate. Uh, bankroll management. Uh, basically, how you handle cash versus tournaments. I know you guys are have different questions, and you know, for me, it depends upon the slate, depends upon the week, and all that. Uh, cash versus tournaments. Like you know, somebody talked about the thought process of playing ninety percent cash, ten percent tournaments. Of course, some guys just play all tournaments. Uh, what, what's your thought process here, Mango? Yeah, so the cash game and tournament thing, man, like the industry has really evolved so much so far. And uh, like I'm in the camp of like, I want to make sure when I play my cash games, like that's my priority. So when my cash games are being played, like I want to make sure I'm winning money on it. I'm not losing because I just broke myself. Like I, I, not that I broke myself, that I went too far with the GVP exposure. You know, I I, I more so lead GVPs as uh, having a good time, trying to take down that big prize, but also being smart about it. So uh, I prioritize my cash lineup. I don't know like if 80-20 is the right rule or 90-10. I also like when I make my cash teams, right, I don't worry about like taking the safe plays. I'm down to take a guy with upside because sometimes I want to have a player that bails me out, right? Like a guy this week, for instance, who's really cheap is Will Fuller. Um, He's a guy that at his price, yeah, he's not the safest play, but he's so cheap and he can bail you out with such a high upside game. Like I have some interest in that. So uh, overall it's, it's tough. Uh, I'm not answering your question completely, but like, I'd say this, I'm not someone that wants to go like 60, 40, right? Uh, even 70, 30, I don't really want to go because I want to make money off my cash team. I want that to be my money maker. That's my bread and butter. Uh, so I'm definitely in the camp of more 80, 20, 90, 10. You can even go 95 and five, like, because I want that main lineup to be the lineup that makes me the most money and just really crushes for me. Man, going the uh, the knish of DFS, just grinding away. I probably appreciate it. I do it too as far as the cash games as well. Uh, what's your thoughts here, Grant? I mean, it's entirely dependent on contest selection. There's no percentage that you can have with cash and GBPs. Um, let's say you play a whole bunch of 10-man tournaments where it's 50% at first, 30% at second, 20% at third. Like, 
you can go 50% GPPs, 50% cash and that and play various different lineups there. It depends on how many sites you're playing and it depends on what kind of sites they are. But the general rule is the higher amount of entrance and the more top heavy the tournament, uh, the less GPP exposure you should have in correlation to cash. So the 90-10 rule, if you're playing giant tournaments over on DK, probably should about apply. Um, but the smarter rule is if you just want something to live by, 50% cash, 10% big field tournaments, 20% small field tournaments, and probably about 20% super small field tournaments, like 20 or so. So, and that can also include triple ups and quadruple ups and stuff like that. So you range your amount of volatility that you're gonna have, and it also depends on how many sites you're playing. So if you're playing four different sites, then maybe you can strain a little bit more towards GBP, but it's all about the buy-in level and the amount of money that's actually exposed to any single lineup and the size of the tournament. Yeah, real quick, I also like the, the idea that I have is like, the way that I am as like a DFS player, like I'm better at making like three entry lineup or, or five entry lineups. Instead, I'm not as good of a 150 player. I'll do it from time to time, depending on the sport. Like golf is the one where I really start using the lineup builder more and I feel more confident in myself. And I'm starting to get better and better at it, but I'm still just working my way up and wanting to make sure that once I get there, uh, you know, I've perfected the craft. So anyways, uh, what I'm trying to say is I make like one main GBP team normally for football and I do it like per each site, like or draft because I have a main GBP team. Maybe I'll have like a second one and then I'll have like my main cash team. And that's kind of how I focus on it. And just because that's how I do it doesn't mean that's how you do it. Like you have to just kind of figure out what type of player you are and what your purpose is. It's really important. I feel like to figure out like what your, what your goals are in DFS. So if your goals are to grind out that like ROI, but I like to do sure, that's a good thing to do. But sometimes it might just be, you're doing it for entertainment. If you are shooting for those big time tournaments, that's probably what you should be doing. If that's your goal. Yeah. That's why, you know, if you're trying to grind out some money, you probably shouldn't be putting the million makers and things, things like that. Like on Fanduel, like they were a prize pool, like 3 million and change or three and a half. And it's a million to top, whatever it is. And, like, I just don't play it because my brain doesn't work that way. And I like the more uh, flat payouts and same sort of deal as far as the DK tournaments. And Grant, cor correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I heard you said you were talking about, like, you know, a 10-man 50-50 tournament or 20-man 50-50 tournament. Um, here's the thing. You, you want to get in as big a field as possible, that single entry as far as your 50-50s. You want to embrace the variance. You want as many brains in there trying to figure out I wasn't out talking about 50-50s. Uh, I was talking okay. about... 10-man tournaments where it's like 50% to first, 30 to second, 20 to third, which is a standard payout across most uh, most sites there. So, like, there's not a whole lot of volatility. 30% of the time, you're going to at least double your money. 20% of the time, you're going to get 3x. And 10% of the time, you're going to get 5x discounting rate and how good you actually are. So, it's an easy way to limit your volatility while still getting some upside in your lineups. All right, my bad. I misunderstood. But yeah, the, the same principle, same thought, you're still going to apply as far as what I'm saying, as far as 50-50s. If you're playing 50-50s, do not play the ones where you can multi-entry like 50 times first. Like, just don't do that. Mangona, I assume you're with me in this. Like, you want to get in the biggest one possible, that, that single entry. That's when you're first clicking as far as your 50-50 uh, your contests. Yeah, I'm definitely going about that. Like, I don't love, like, putting, like, 150 and, like, the $5 big double up. Like, the cash line is just extremely different. Like, for instance, yeah. on FanDuel, the $5 double up cash line, I think, was 131 And then in, like, the 50-50s, if you look at those, and, again, obviously, it, it's different because of the amount of money you're winning, uh, you know, in, like, a, in a $5 
100 um, man, you're obviously not getting the $10 back in the double up you are. But um, yeah, the, the cash line is completely different. Like, I think the cash line was like 123. It's like a seven or eight point difference, which can be a lot. And w- when you are seeing like people mass entering those, you're getting heavier ownership on some sharp plays. And that's just giving the opportunity for, you know, a, someone like a, uh, you know, a Papa Gates, which fully adding, it's giving them the opportunity to put 150 in there and just have more ownership on like really sharper plays. So it's definitely good to avoid them if you can. Uh, some people can't because they lay down like so much volume, but uh, I'm assuming most of the people listening to this are not laying down that type of volume. All right, stick around to the end of the podcast. We're going to be giving a, another question to answer in the chat. Uh, not the chat. Why am I keep saying the chat? In the, uh, you know, the, the, the replies, you know, on, on the Roto-Runners site. And, you know, again, you have like a one in five chance, depending on how many people actually respond, and winning yourself a Roto-Runners t-shirt. And they are soft. They are luxurious. They are indeed uh, quite comfortable. I can confirm I'm wearing one right now. Uh, that said, let's dive in. Let's talk. You didn't about even say the winner. It's 10 eight shoots that do. What do I was saying? Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, okay. You want to go ahead and tell the winner from last week's? Go ahead. I, yeah, I, I t- was... He went and he done pooped himself in the Walmart, which, <laughs> I mean, it's the winning one. But let's be honest. There's at any given time in a Walmart, there's eight yeah. people who have have pooped themselves. That doesn't even qualify for like being on peopleofwalmart.com or whatever. You, I'm sure you guys are aware of this website. You guys have seen it before, maybe. Yes, possibly. Yeah, I've seen it, but. Like, yeah. he says he hasn't been back there in six or seven years because of it. No. Like, they embrace that. They don't cheat. Well, you. they're going to be like, oh, now he's one of us. <laughs> Nobody's like, that's the guy who booped himself. Like, stay away. And, and I assume he's since cleaned up. You know what I mean? Like, that's, it's, uh, we're all good now. I mean, know? it's been seven years. I really hope he's cleaned up. <laughs> he's a premium member, so I'm assuming he can afford new underpants. <laughs> By the way, he should be buying his underpants from TommyJohn.com. That's not a sponsor. That's just, you know, a free plug. No, MeUndies. I'm MeUndies team all the way. Really? You're a MeUndies guy? I've never tried it before. Oh, giant fan of MeUndies. The only oh. problem is uh, you can't you can't whip it through the hole there in the front, um, oh. which apparently I've, I've done a whole bunch of surveys, and it's 50-50. Half of guys do it. Half of guys don't. Mangone? Uh, dude, I, I'm, I got no stand on this one. I've never used me undies or uh, Tommy John's. Well, well, when, 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 you go, when you go pee, do you like unbuckle your belt and pull it down or do you whip it through the little hole in the boxers? Oh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely unbuttoned it, man. I'm not doing the uh, whip it through the hole, man. I, I don't believe, I'm not buying it's a 50% uh, percent thing. Dean, uh, let me guess, you, you don't unbuckle. I'm with Van Gogh, actually. I'm with really? Me. I mean, this is yeah, the first I, time I've seen three people Lacking efficiency, the but. Uh... No, I'm right. I'm right. I'm, I'm the exact same. <laughs> all right so we gave out some sound advice when it comes to bankroll management and then we went off the rails uh all right let's dive and let's talk to week, week four uh at the top once again as far as premium games games are going to jump off the page there's pretty much two uh when you look at the totals we got casey at detroit tampa at the rams 54 total in detroit 51 total for the rams mango i'm like we just just keep playing the you know kc until until it doesn't work right like why are we not playing mahomes every we live in the world with salary cap that's why but like dude's a cheat code is he not yeah, I mean, he's a good time. Uh, crazy not, I don't think I've rostered Mahomes once this year. So, uh, yeah, that, that's where I've been. Uh, I had Kyle Allen, though, and he absolutely crushed. So that was really nice over on DraftKings at 4K. So, uh, I don't know. I just don't spend a bit quarterback a ton. That's just not uh, not my MO. So, I doubt I'll be, you know, going up to pay for Mahomes. I get it. People pay for him all the time, and it makes a lot of sense. And it's a good matchup. And if you also look at this situation that they're in, right, look at what the Chiefs have. They don't really have a good run game. So, Pat Mahomes is kind of forced to throw. I was even looking at, like, betting Pat Mahomes to win MVP at this point because I was looking at everyone in the race and I was just like, I don't see how he doesn't win at this point. It was like plus 185. I was just like, I don't really care because I feel like he's just going to take it down because it doesn't seem like anyone's even close on his level. 
Who's second out of curiosity as of right now? Obviously, it's early. Not even at the quarter pole. Oh, Probably man. Jackson. No, I don't think it was. I think it was Rodgers or it was something stupid. Like, But we Rogers. were looking at all the guys, and it was weird. It was just like none of the guys made sense. I'll put up on my app right now. Uh, and, Grant, you can talk about the guys at the top, and then I'll tell you because it is an interesting conversation. It's not Rodgers. I mean, it shouldn't be. Like, not now. He's not as a week. He, he was higher than you'd expect. Let me – let me here. All right, I got the player features right here and the awards. It's coming up. That's offensive rookie. Right. Well, Grant, jump right, in here. Yeah, what, what, so, what's your thoughts? Uh, quarterback, I mean, we talked about we talk about Mahomes. We talk about Jackson, who has a 26.5 implied team total going up against the Browns. But, I mean, you also got Goff and a 30-point implied total. You got Rivers with a 30-point implied total. Granted, it's a 16.5-point spread. But, like, Rivers, I, I really like the tournaments. He's always a guy that seems to get overlooked. He's 6,200 on DraftKings this weekend. And we know exactly where the majority of his targets are going. They're going to Keenan Allen. So it makes just the easiest pairing in the world. If Rivers goes off of 400 yards and two touchdowns, Keenan Allen is probably the highest scoring wide receiver on the entire slate. Uh, so that's up at the very top. I also like guys like Kyle, Kyler Murray, who I like every single week. Russell Wilson with his sneaky 26-point implied team total for the Seahawks. I like uh, that. Yeah, like Wilson has been crushing this season, and everyone's just so stuck on the – oh, yeah, Seahawks are just going to run the ball every single time. Grand, they do run the ball quite a bit. But their run blocking is not nearly as good as it was last year. They're getting – Chris Carson's hitting hit behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage at one of the highest rates in the league. Wilson has DK Metcalf now as his uh, wide receiver too, which is probably a pretty big help for him. And they got Will Disley back. So they actually have some weapons that they've been using. He just put up 400 yards last week. You can get it down – done running the ball too going up against Arizona who's running a massive amount of plays on every single game they play in and just playing at a huge pace Russell Wilson could realistically very easily be the top scoring quarterback on the entire slate and people still aren't going to play him too much outside of them we got Kyle Allen Daniel Jones if you want to chase those games which I know I probably will be Brissett's too cheap at 5400 with a 26 implied total and Josh Allen, the best quarterback in the league, going up against New England, where he's probably going to be thrown from behind, and they're going to just give up the short rushes in all reality. He's a great play, too, at 5,600. Yeah, Danny Dimes is 5,300 versus Washington team that uh, we're seeing get absolutely roasted here by the Bears on Monday night. You know, Washington by Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, yeah. Well, Washington's, uh, you know, like, hey, Miami, hold my beer, basically. You, you don't have that number one spot held down just yet. You know, it's, it's still going to be a battle for sure. I'm surprised they haven't considered, or I guess who knows what's going to happen as far as, you know, pivoting to their rookie quarterback there in Washington. But I suppose the season is so early, maybe he's not ready just yet. But I suppose that'll happen at some point. Uh, you mentioned a lot of things, like the Seattle deal. One of the reasons why last week was kind of rough for me was Carson. You know, he, his fumble injuries, uh, his fumble issues kind of popped up. And, you know, Penny was not playing. So I thought Carson jumped off the page. It's like a guy that's going to get 80% of the snaps. And, of course, they fell behind as well, too. So, Everything kind of went against Carson. Once he fumbled, he was essentially, you know, booted a sideline more or less as far as that game. Uh, you know, I saw a note where he got kind of a vote of confidence, but of course you're going to get a vote of confidence. Uh, I, I read earlier today a blurb on Roto World, but, you know, he's still our guy or he's somebody, still somebody we're going to rely on or some sort of nonsense coach speak that, like, it has no value at this point. Um, it's, it's the same old question as far as, you know, teams versus Miami, man, going. We talked about it last week as far as Dallas facing him and, you know, uh, the Dolphins are putrid. They're at home, but they're still at 16, 17-point dogs against the Chargers. I, I know it's a 1 o'clock game on, you know, on the East Coast, and we talk about – or I guess gamblers talk about it. You guys, sharp side F guys. I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. I think Dolphins are going to keep it tighter than uh, 
than as expected. You know, Rosen maybe an upgrade over. Oh, sorry, uh, sorry about that. I'm not going to say it, Grant. Yeah, I know you're listening, but um, at least in theory, you're listening. Uh, Fitzpatrick might have been, you know, an upgrade. He's got procreating on his mind. I'll give him a pass. <laughs> He's got things to do. You know, he went to Harvard. Did you know that? Yeah. That's, isn't that wild? Any yeah, place yeah, football? He's still not smart enough to. <laughs> to get snipped after five. <laughs> it's just a wild thing. Can't believe that. Um, yeah. So uh, what do we do here, Mango, as far as the Chargers? Because the spot is good. Eckler saw a little bit of a, dis- a decrease as far as, um, you know, his snap count last week. Jackson got a, a jump up to some degree. And then Allen, uh, Allen has, what, 40% of the red zone targets for, for the Chargers, 37% of all targets. That's just like, I mean, you're salivating when it comes to cash games as far as Keenan Allen. Yeah, uh, Keenan Allen's definitely great. Uh, a lot of the guys you talked about are, uh, you know, obviously I think Jared Goff, uh, he's in like the 50 total. Uh, Mr. Home Road Splits, right? That's supposed to be something that uh, has been coming through. And so far to start the year, like, yeah, it's been his best performance so far, right? So uh, so far, so good. The Home Road Splits are a thing, uh, at least so far this season. I-, I also like Russell Wilson. You guys brought up him. Uh, anyone against the Cardinals is a good time to me, so I think you have to consider him. And, hey, man, uh, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, like 5,300 for like the cheap quarterbacks. Don't hate him. And, and one last guy I want to mention, too, uh, Josh Allen. Like, listen, the guy just keeps printing out game after game that's pretty good. It's just it's, it's the New England defense. Like, do we want to attack that? He's going to have the perfect game script all game long, right? He's going to be trailing all game. So, I don't know. I think that's sort of kind of interesting for more of a tournament flyer. But uh, Daniel Jones' price is pretty good. Like Goff, love Russell Wilson. He's a guy that I'm definitely looking at as well. What's your thoughts as far as the Chargers, uh, Grant? Because, again, there is that bit of a quandary. And, you know, in theory, you're supposed to run it back if you're stacking up the game, like at least one guy on the other side. But, you know, it, it's the Dolphins, and it's, you know, it's always kind of tricky to figure out who to run it back with. I suppose uh, the most likely guy is Williams. You know, Preston Williams looks like the most appealing option. Uh, what do you do with the Chargers? Yeah, I think you can go with Preston Williams or Grant. Here's the thing. Like, we've seen massive spreads this year pretty much every single time Miami's played. And they've gotten blown out by such an extent in every single matchup. They actually covered this last week, if I remember correctly. No, the Jets covered. One of the 22-point teams covered. In any case, in the last 15 years, 14-point home dogs have covered at a ridiculous rate. So I think it stays closer. Uh, Allen, Josh Allen didn't. Not Josh Allen. Why did I forget his name already? Quarterback for Miami. Oh, gosh. You just literally said. Yeah, Rosen. Uh, Rosen. Looked a little bit better than Fitz did last week. He actually had some decent throws that just weren't caught. So I could potentially see them keeping this game close. Uh, one guy that you can roll with is Drake. If the game stays a little bit closer, he was actually getting targeted pretty heavily. And he could like, he could still have a good game at just 4,200 here. I'm going to play a whole bunch of Chargers. I think the best play on him, though, is probably Jackson. We've seen this Chargers team in the past with Eckler and Melvin where Eckler will have massive games, especially in games where it's not really close. We could see that again, especially with Eckler being worn down in a game where they're likely to win. But the Chargers tend to play in close games at a way higher rate than they should. I mean, over the past three seasons, they've had more games won or lost by a field goal than almost any other team in the league. It seems to happen. I don't know if it's bad coaching or what, even though they've had multiple different coaches here, but it's still they have a propensity to do that. So I think this game stays closer. And Rivers is going to be slinging the ball at Allen over and over again. Rivers will have 400 yards. Allen's going to crush here and bring it back with, yeah, you said Williams, Drake, or Grant are all good options. 
Yeah, Jackson's an interesting idea, and I'm not sure how ambitious you need to be, but like we talked about, if you're playing, understand what you're playing. If you're playing like a 40 man contest, you don't play Justin Jackson. If you're playing the Millionaire Maker, then he's somebody you can consider if you can, you know, you can foresee a 21 point lead or something like that. And also, like Grant, it's a long season. We don't know what the story with Gordon is. You know, maybe they don't need Eckler to get his face punched in like for 25, 30 touches against the Dolphins. Just kind of give him a week to sort of chill to some extent. So that, that's an interesting thought. Uh, I, I don't hate that idea for tournaments and just kind of, again, we're listening to, we're looking at this at Monday and that's, that's sort of kind of something that jumped out there. As far as some injuries, I did want to mention this before. Uh, Saquon Barkley, he's got a, a, a generational injury. Well, no, it's just, it's just an ankle. Uh, he's out for like what, four to six weeks or something like that. All we care about this week and Wayne Gallman, Wayne Gallman's going to be the guy. Edelman's got a chest. He's currently questionable. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's got a quad as well. He's also questionable. We don't really know what the deal is with those, uh, well, I was going to say Philly receivers, but we don't care about that game. That's on Thursday night. Uh, Ito Smith is currently in concussion uh, protocol right now. And uh, the interesting one is the Kansas City. You know, we kind of touched on Mahomes, and Mahomes is awesome. They're on the turf as well, too. How much fun is that going to be in Detroit? Uh, Mangone, right now, Darius Slay is questionable of a hammy. I think they need Darius Slay in that secondary. Yeah, Detroit definitely needs Darius Slay. I'm sure Casey is going to slice them up a ton. Uh, like the call on Rivers that you mentioned before, I think that's pretty good. I do want to touch back on the MVP thing. Uh, I'm going to get us off the rails real quick. <laughs> Listen to this. Hear this out. Mahomes is plus 160. Sure. Tom Brady, plus 800. Third is Aaron Rodgers, plus 1,100. Then it's Dak, plus 1,200. Lamar, plus 1,600. Wentz, plus <laughs> Plus two thousand, like it's just like, it, really, I said. I think Dak. I think Dak is interesting at plus twelve hundred for what it's worth. Yeah, it's just like it just seems dumb. It seems like Mahomes is just going to win, and we call it. A well, day. it's but, super like, early, but yeah. Well, I'm saying as far as the value, it's, I, I don't mind twelve to one on Dak. Yeah, that that's not a bad one, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I got us off the rails for a second. Let's let's get back on. Uh, Philip Rivers is definitely a good quarterback that I didn't mention that I want to mention once again. Uh, yeah, running back, uh, I do think you bring up good points. I think the Justin Jackson thing is definitely viable. Um, we've seen some backup running backs already do well. You know, I, I expect, and this is not like a situation where he's like technically the backup. Like he is, but he is getting more work. And I could see them just like you said, not really. Uh, you know, making Eckler just get beat up the whole time. So. Uh, yeah, I like Justin Jackson, Wing Gallman. He's another cheap option that we have to consider. Uh, definitely a big fan of what Marlon Mack is doing and, and against that Raiders team. I think that's a really awesome price tag for uh, a running back as well. And just in general on this slate, like at the top, like Christian McCaffrey, he's probably the guy, the best like spend up running back. But um, this is not a pretty slate, uh, especially at the running back position in general. Like last week, we wanted to just play all the running backs. Uh, there were so many good options. And this week, it's a little more difficult. Are we just playing Gallman at 4,600? Like, are we just, I mean, he got every running back snap, at least all the, uh, the carries last week once Barkley left. Uh, and they're playing against Washington. They're at home. They're going to be favors, uh, favorites there. And, you know, it's not about skill. It's about opportunity. Skill matters. These guys are all skilled to a certain skill extent. Skill definitely matters. No, no, skill, skill matters. But the most important thing is opportunity. I mean, yeah, but skill's still pretty darn important. I mean, we've seen – so you're going to play Frank Gore when he's getting all the carries? No, but he had opportunity, and he, he, he was fine last week. He wasn't spectacular. He was fine, but Gallman might be semi-chalky, and he may get a lot of the opportunities. But we don't know if they're going to have anyone else to maybe pick up off the practice squad that they'll have ready for this week. So it's not really a lock-and-load situation. He's not a guy that can be that impressive in the – receiving game he's not a guy that is that talented they're probably not they don't run it that much with Saquon Saquon just actually really really good 
Um, so I'm not sure if Gallman's really a lock and load here. We don't but. know, but let, let, let me tell you this. Let me ask you this. If, if he's on the field, if I can tell you he's in the field between 75 and 85% of the snaps, what are you doing with him? I'll play a little bit of him. I'll probably throw him in cash, but do I want to play him in tournaments? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, and then going up, you're the, the cash game brain over there, and you just kind of took a peek as far as the big spends at running back. And, you know, obviously th there's always a slew of names that are interesting. McCaffrey against Houston, I guess he's matchup proof. He's on the field for basically every single snap. We talked about Eckler against Miami, obviously. Uh, you know, probably a really strong cash game play. You can uh, you take a stand as far as tournaments. Cook, not in the best matchup per se against Chicago, but he's like legit. Uh, Duke against Seattle. Chubb versus Baltimore is not particularly appealing. Henry versus Atlanta is somewhat interesting. And I like the Mac one in the middle. Uh, uh, is, does it help him or hurt him if T.Y. Hilton doesn't play Mango? I mean, it could hurt him more. Like, dude, my big worry is, like, I feel like I've taken, like, a guy like Chris Carson, he really screwed me. He's just such a like, – I don't know. I know he's not a game script guy, but it feels like he's such a game script back. But I know he just fumbled. And Marlon Mack just feels very similar to Chris Carson, right? Just, like, similar type of player in a way. And it's just, like, I don't know. Like, part of me, scare, it scares me because I'm, I'm just sick of playing these guys that when their game script goes to crap, you know, they kind of lose the opportunity. And I know Carson, again, he didn't lose it because of the situation. He lost because he fumbled. Um, but Mac is one of those guys that, yeah, you have to worry because they get down. Is he going to get all of the work? Uh, it is something you have to look at. So um, Hilton being in there would obviously be helpful because if Hilton's in there, the team is a better team and they're going to have a positive game script more than likely. Uh, I mean, in theory, they'll be ahead against Oakland, you know, for what it's worth. Like yeah, more, more than likely. Uh, as far as his snap count for the first few weeks of the season, he's got 69% of the snap counts, which is nice. 76% uh, week one, 70% week two, and 62% week three. Uh, Grant, you have a take as far as Mac? I'm on board right now. Yeah, I'm on board with Mac. And um, something interesting, I don't know if this will hold true throughout the course of the season, but the Raiders are beginning up giving up a larger target share to opposing running backs than almost any other team in the league. They actually might be first. So Mac, I mean, we talked about Atlanta giving up tons of targets to opposing running backs last week. This is another similar situation where Mac had three targets last week. It's not a huge bump, but could see more than that this week he could potentially have four catches which is not a guy that's known for running that much many passing routes but at 6.1 a guy that's going to get a bunch of rushes and a little bit of work in the passing game like you talked about Gallman I, I'm not, I'm not going to be surprised if Mac has more touches and a guy that we kind of looked over you're talking about opportunities carry on Johnson's getting 20 rushes a game and the game script it really isn't great but it's not terrible Detroit's only a six-point dog here it's being played in Detroit, which should help them out a little bit. on Johnson, he just hasn't really done too much with what he's done so far this season or what he's gotten so far this season. He's a guy that could potentially be in for a really big game. Price a little too cheap at 5400 if he actually has a game that he should, considering his skill. I like it. He saw a spike last week, you know, that they kicked C.J. Anderson off the team, and uh, he saw a spike, you know, if you go week one to week three. And by the way, I'm using the, uh, the Roto-Grinders uh, snaps, counts, targets, air yards. Uh, it's Josh Hornsby. Uh, he's got the app here on, on RG. It's pretty, I'm not sure if it's premium, to be honest. I don't know if you guys know by chance, but I'm, I, I know a guy. So I have premium. Mangone? Anybody? Bueller? I, I, don't, I don't know if it's premium or not. Mangone is watching the, watching the game. No. I know he's, he's sweating something right now. That's, what, that's what's going on. I can, I can tell you're not paying attention or something. There's a long pause there. <laughs> no, no. I had it on mute and then I, because I always mute my mic and I, I was too, too struggling to get there. But uh, yeah, no, I don't know if it's premium. But listen, if you don't have premium, what are you doing? Get on it, man. It's the best product. Great pitch. <laughs> 
75 percent of the snaps last week for carry on johnson uh yeah so I, I like that jump jumping up from 57 and 55 in the previous weeks and maybe that's a correlation with cj anderson get kicked off the team who knows they talked about getting ty johnson some more work but he basically had the same amount of snaps as far as week three uh grant as far as your favorite running back if like you know salary wasn't a thing i guess it's cmc but you know do we need it i mean do you need it no but you're probably going to want it. Houston's given up more targets to opposing running backs than every other team but Oakland so far this season. They're just not too far behind. So CMC could see a big work in the passing game. I know that they'll plan a whole lot more for him now that they know Cam's going to be out this early on in the week here. He did get a bunch of rushes, especially later on in the game. And having a new quarterback in the offense could be pretty good for him. So it's obviously CMC. Do you need him? No, but like – Outside of him, I wouldn't be surprised if David Johnson has the second highest score of any running back on the slate. We didn't even mention him. 6,800. Still a huge fan of him. Had nine targets last week. Going up against Seattle, cut to see something similar here. Big fan of David Johnson this week. And we've kind of forgotten about Nick Chubb, but he's getting involved in the passing game too. Seven targets last week. 6,400. He can still break off a 100-yard run. That's the end of the running backs I have to break down. Um, yeah, I mean, Johnson, I just hate that line there, but I like the talent for what it's worth. And if he's going to catch seven or eight passes, who cares? Uh, and I'm still tilted about there as a game last week, you're supposed to get, take that out of it and, you know, bust out that man in black one and like pretend like nothing happened and all of a sudden get back to it and take all the bias out of the way and just look at week three independently of uh, what previously has happened. Uh, anybody else as far as running back cheapies, uh, man, going, if we're going to look to save some money here. Uh, again, Gallman's super cheap. We're just looking at DK because we can't look at every single site as of a Monday night. Uh, who's jumping out for you, Ben? Going, if anybody, we're just bringing over to our receivers. Yeah, listen, like you can go back to the well on Carson because Arizona's defense is just straight up terrible. So they're in play. Uh, one other guy I did want to mention, and I, I'm, I'm happy I caught this. Uh, I saw a tweet about like John Gruden quoting that they want to get Josh Jacobs the ball more, like by like through uh, passing and yeah. passing game. And like, I think that's interesting at that price, something to consider. So uh, don't hate that. But again, that's like the West coast going to East coast one o'clock game. So Raiders could obviously uh, disappoint lots of trends that show that, but yeah, at the top, it, it's not that appealing, but I think I'm just putting in CMC, man. Like, I think I'm just going to, you know, eat the, uh, you know, safe points, a uh, ton of good upside here against Houston. So I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take CMC. I don't love Dalvin cook in that matchup against the bears. Um, Eckler again, like I worry how much work are they really going to give him because Jackson is there. I could see them just kind of, uh, you know, tell him to, you know, take a couple, a uh, couple plays off here and there where he doesn't get that full workload. Listen, I'm not pounding, uh, Todd Gurley. I haven't really been playing him all season long. Not really going to start now. Uh, got him when he was cheap on Yahoo and I'm just waiting for the big dip on his price tag. Like Johnson's fine, but it's kind of like not a lot of stuff to love. Nick Chubb against Baltimore. Like, I don't know. Running back's not that pretty. And I think I'm going to spend up on CMC and then spend down on some of these other guys like Ballman, uh, maybe Justin Jackson and some other cheap guys. Grant, it's weird. He mentioned like, you know, West coast to East coast talk about Indianapolis and like, you don't think of Indianapolis. At least I don't as like an East coast team, but I believe that that's a, they have, you know, East coast time, correct? Um, I think they're right on the border. Yeah. I think Detroit who's right next to them is still central, but I think Indianapolis might be East coast time. Mangone's sitting there sweating the single game series. Apparently I was two yards away for on that Chris Johnson or Chris Thompson catch from winning a GPP. So things happen. What you were? Yeah, apparently. I mean, it was only like three and a half K to first, but. Oh, well yeah. you were slow rolling the whole time. You didn't mention anything. Mangone was talking about a pre-show and you pretended like you weren't even playing. Cause I'm a professional. <laughs> 
Listen, man, I had, kid, I, had, I had a, a Captain Taylor Gabriel lineup, man. I was live. until I almost won it without a Captain Taylor Gabriel lineup. That's how good my lineup was. Well, I thought you just went no captain. Just like, I'm good. Don't, you don't need to multiply. No, Chris Thompson was my captain. Oh, well, you know, I'm sure you had a, a nice night, though. Uh, are we going to order some, uh, you know, some Postmates? I mean, I've already done it three times today. <laughs> Is that really true? Is that possible? Well, once was DoorDash, but yeah. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Run it down real quick. I'm curious now. Uh, run it down. What did I have? I had a breakfast burrito for lunch. What did I get for lunch? I guess I can just look at it. For dinner, I had teriyaki bowls, both a chicken and a beef. Oh, for lunch, I had bird call. It's a Nashville hot. It's a chicken sandwich place. I got the Nashville hot, and they forgot to put the Nashville hot sauce on it. And so I complained, oh. and they gave me 10 bucks back. Gosh, I love Postmates. <laughs> am, I, am, am I the only person who hasn't uh, used a, a Postmates or a DoorDash? Uh, am I the only person on this podcast? You rather leave the house? Yeah, man. I actually left the house the other night, and uh, I, I left the house to get food, and it, they took too long to bring my food out. They gave me it for free. So, boom, man. Uh, free, free food I got last night. That's oh, great, wow. and you had to wait for 40 minutes. My time is more important than and that. And put pants on? Uh, yeah. Pants were already on, man. Uh, it, was, it wasn't a good NFL Sunday. <laughs> You were wearing a sweater, like an <laughs> overcoat. <laughs> Hat no. on, socks. It was, it was not pretty. Uh, open up receivers, Grant. Uh, receivers, I mean, up at the top, we obviously have those three guys, Hopkins, Allen, Jones. Allen's getting a giant target share. I don't know if I'm on Jones too much, but interesting. I just looked through this today, and I don't know if it's indicative of anything, but Carolina, um, what percentage of targets you, opposing targets do you think are going to the wide receivers so far this year? In Carolina's games against Carolina, yeah, like opposing offenses are targeting wide receivers at what rate, what percentage? Well, I mean, look, David Johnson just played against him and he got nine receptions, so that tells me it's probably lower than I think. Yeah, I don't know if it's incorporating that game into it. I might only have the first two week stats, but first two weeks of the season, eighty percent. Obviously, David Johnson was involved there heavily last week, but the wide receivers had, I think, accounted for. 37 targets in that game and David Johnson only accounted for nine. Um, so it's still a very, very high amount of opposing targets that are going to wide receivers. So Hopkins, Fuller, both of them could very much eat against this uh, Carolina team here. Keenan Allen, where I mentioned it. Evans, it's interesting seeing a 15 target game for him. Will it continue? I don't know. This often seems to be just riding the hot hand pretty much every single game. That's what Bruce Arians seems to want to do. So Mike Evans, 7,100, probably about where he should be. Uh, Hilton, if he plays, it's in the Dome again. This team has a 26 implied total here. They don't really have much else going for them besides Hilton and Mack. So I'm a giant fan of him. Lockett going up against this Arizona team that their defense is just trash. And it's only week four, so I don't think Peterson's back for another week. We can get Lockett in there, who just got 14 targets against a high-paced Arizona team in a bad defense. Could be great. Edelman, if he doesn't play, Josh Gordon does. Gordon got 11 targets, and he's 5,900. Way too good for how – or way too low of a price for how good he is. Shepard sitting there at 5,800, still the main target there. We got all the Arizona guys, Fitz, Christian Kirk, Bird, any one of them can go out for a great game. Where I mentioned Josh Allen, so Brown and Beasley. Ten target Cole Beasley, by the way, Dean, who also – Yeah, not all targets are created equal. His targets are created poorly. Well, that's fine. He still is making value pretty much. But in every full PPR, week. yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if Edelman's out, also Dorsett, guy that I hate playing, he's very much in play. 
Curtis Samuel at 4,600. Adam Humphreys, nine targets last week, Dean. Just when I yeah. gave up on him. <laughs> I hate my life. <laughs> that if you want some cheap guys, I mean, the Miami wide receivers, I'd assume that uh, Casey Hayward is going to be on Drake, which leaves a little bit better matchup for Preston Wilson and Grant. And then Bird, I already mentioned Arizona receivers. He didn't do well this last week, but was averaging seven targets a week before last week. Only got four, but could potentially be in for a big target game this week. Those are the guys that I'm looking at early on. That's a lot. Uh, Mangone, uh, your, your top receiver, uh, not including Keenan Allen. My top receiver, not including Keenan Allen. That, man, that's really tough. Exactly. You're going to give me a chalk. I know you're going to give me Keenan Allen. Which is oh, funny. yeah. I mean, he's the nuts, man. Uh, it's okay, the easy yeah. play. Uh, it's probably Hopkins. Um, that's probably the guy I would end up going to. I do like Mike Evans. I think he's certainly in play. But, yeah, Hopkins is probably two. It's probably like Allen's number one, then Hopkins right at two, and then – after that, I mean, it's not the easiest. Like, I guess you'd put Julio in there because, hey, he's Julio Jones and he's really talented. And, like, again, like, you look at Odell and you're like, Baltimore's definitely a scarier matchup. Uh, uh, yeah, probably that's how I mean, go tell it to Pat Mahomes. But, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, well, Pat Mahomes, uh, he can do anything he wants, man. Uh, he defies all odds. <laughs> future so. MVP. Yeah, it's true. Future MVP. I'm going to bet it after this show. I just have to now, <laughs> I feel like, at this point. Um, but, yeah, uh, again, like, top-end receiver, it's not the prettiest. Uh, I think there's some guys in, like, the mid-tier that are fine that you can go to. Like, I don't hate going to any of the Rams. They're fine. I like to take on Lockett. I think that's good. Uh, Chris Godwin at 6K, that's a really nice price. We talked about Josh Gordon. That's interesting. Listen, I don't want to uh, sleep on Sterling Shepard. I think he's pretty interesting. Uh, probably more of a tournament play, you know, pair up with Danny Dimes, pair up with Evan Ingram. Uh, that could be pretty good, and then maybe run it back with uh, McLovin. Uh, that, that's not a bad route to maybe go there because the, the Giants' defense isn't very good. So I think that could make some sense. But, yeah, like this is a really ugly slate, man. Uh, another one I guess you could go to is Larry Fitzgerald. The price hasn't been adjusted to what I think it should be, so I think we can still go with him. Uh, I think Dandel, he was way too cheap. That's the one I'm referring to. 5.6K is still kind of cheap for Larry Fitz. And against the slot against Seattle, we know that's a spot where a lot of guys can absolutely eat. Uh, you talked about Evans and you talked about uh, Godwin and the, last week Godwin's were expensive and we're playing the results all of a sudden Godwin's 6k and Evans is 7-1 you know what do we do with that man going who's your favorite when you consider salary yeah when you consider salary I mean it's obviously probably I'd go to Godwin um, but it, it, it I don't know is salary gonna really matter too much this week because we have those cheap running backs we might be able to spend up there at receiver like I might even be able to make like a Keenan Allen. I don't know. Let me see. I'll play maybe, maybe play Mahomes. How about that? Like, yeah, maybe, maybe I will. You're right. Maybe I will play Pat Mahomes. I'm just used to always, uh, you know, spending down. But this might be the week to actually pull it off. Uh, maybe maybe I'll uh, spend some money at quarterback for once and uh, get Pat Mahomes in there and get my 30 to 35 fantasy points and uh, move on. Yeah, it's wants versus needs for me when it comes to quarterback. And, like, I, I want Mahomes every single week. And do I need him? I don't know. But if I can if I can open it up and, like, again, there's not, like, these prime spots that are really jumping off the page. It's, like, super expensive as far as the running backs and all that. You know, no uh, no, no Zeke on this slate, obviously. No, no Kamara on the slate, obviously. Uh, your favorite Ram quarterback. Not sure what I'm saying here. Quarterback, no, no. Favorite Ram wide receiver, Grant. I know it's kind of a trick question. Do you have somebody you're going to, you know, put your – uh, shekels behind? I mean, honestly, <laughs> no, there's not a favorite one. I mean, looking at pricing here, we have Cooper Cup all the way at 6,500, and we have Cooks and Wood. Both both of them are cheaper a little bit. It's the same thing pretty much every single week. Um, I guess Cooper's the one that I'd probably avoid just because 
he was the more popular one or probably going to be the more popular one after his big week last week. But let's be honest, it, every single week it's throwing a dart at a board. Uh, man, go and give a thought. Like my favorite is probably Cup, but like you're right. Like I don't, I'm not going to like, you know, take a stand on it per se, but he seems to be the safest of nothing else. I know safety is not something we necessarily strive for. Uh, man, go on your favorite Ram receiver versus Tampa Bay uh, secondary. I mean, typically when I'm playing like a Rams receiver, it's typically in a tournament. So uh, I'll lean with Brandon Cooks, right? Because I always love his upside. Uh, he's just got the ability to just break one to the house, uh, you know, on one big play and, you know, his speed kills. And uh, yeah, I'd go with Brandon Cooks as my option. Uh, we talked about that Kansas City pass offense there against Detroit, especially if Flay miss, uh, Flay, Slay misses on the turf. Uh, Watkins certainly in play can see a big, a big, a big game for him too. And Hardman's a burner as well, you know, basically drafted as uh, Hill's replacement or uh, his comp or, or something like that. He's definitely got the wheels there. Uh, I, I like him a good bit. One play, he could justify that roster spot for you. Uh, Grant, you have any cheapies as far as receivers that, that are jumping out for you? I mean, I already kind of mentioned them. I know I gave a long list at the beginning. But yeah. Was, uh, under 5K, there's Beasley and Dorsett. Beasley, obviously, being one of the best wide receivers in the league, according to Dean Shavelson. Um, and Dorsett, <laughs> if Edelman's not playing, he's in play there. I don't mind going with Curtis Samuel. Um, he kind of, just to me, maybe not maybe not be true, but he just looked like the better one or the favorite target of Allen there last week. Humphreys, nine re- targets this last week. They paid him a ton of money. So I got to assume that they're going to start using him and he's going to get a high volume of targets. And then after that, it's Williams and Grant. Um, again, just hoping that Parker is the guy that gets shadowed by uh, Hayward, but you can really go with any of them. I could see potentially either Williams had 12 targets last week. Grant had seven. Parker had six, I think. So like the volume's going to be there. Two touchdown passes I think were dropped. Uh, one by Williams, one by Grant. So at this price tag, like they're going to be playing from behind pretty much the entire game. So those guys are playing. Then Bird, I know it didn't work out last week, but guy has 18 targets on the season, seven in the first two games here, 3,300 going up against Seattle in a game where they're likely to be trailing late on. Uh, those are the guys in the cheap range that I really like. Yeah, I'm pulling up Bird as far as uh, his snap count last week. And like you said, he wasn't very good. It was not the word. I was so sad. I was ready to fire off the, uh, you know, the, the family guy gifts and the whole deal on the old Twitter machine because I, I had a lot of Bird. That's one of the reasons why uh, some of my lineups crashed him and Carson. That's where, that's who I'm pointing at at first. But 96% of the snaps, and they also uh, they cut somebody. I think Crabtree got cut, too, for what it's worth. Uh, man, go and give me He's some You're forgetting he's still in the league. I also forgot to mention the – Washington wide receivers here, Richardson and McLaren, both of them pretty cheap, 4,500 and 3,700. McLaren's probably the best cheap wide receiver on the board. I want to throw out Galladay, by the way, against Kansas City on the comeback, but uh, just, I don't want to sleep on him. I think he's 5'9 when I was scrolling through. Man, go and jump in here. Yeah, Dean, you always say when, I'm, when we're on the show, I'm writing a blog or I'm watching Monday Night Football, but I'm out here finding stuff on Twitter for the people. Um, yeah. Graham Barfield had a really good tweet. It's about Terry McLaurin. His first three games, uh, five, five catches, 125 yards, and one touchdown. Five catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Six catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. McLaurin is the leading Washington, uh, leading Washington in targets at 24 targets, and he is 12th among wide receivers in receiving yards, and he faces the Giants secondary next week. 
Uh, that, that price is really good. I think he's a really interesting option in cash games and in tournaments. I think you have to consider him here. Uh, so really like him as a, as a play at that price. thought that was a good call by you, Grant, as well. Uh, let's look at some other guys. Though. Like the Cardinals receivers we talked about a little bit. I think they are all in play there. Um, Calvin Ridley's kind of cheap, 5K. I don't love the matchup, but it is a cheap price tag over on DraftKings there. Um, don't mind Curtis Samuel. I think some of these Panthers receivers could be interesting options. Uh, don't mind going that, that route. Uh, but the one guy I really like is Price, and I know this isn't the site for him. I'm sure he's going to be cheap around the industry because he hasn't had that big week, and I think this could be the week for it. Uh, it's Will Fuller at 4,500. Really like him. I think he's got the upside for a very, very big game. Um, yeah, Adam Humphreys, no thanks, even though, Grant, I know he's your boy, kind of. Him and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, <laughs> and he had more targets than McLaren. That is totally fair. Um, well, hold on a second. Do you want to take? Uh, we, we'll, we'll do our wagers soon enough. But like, are you kind of are you locking in Grant on Humphreys? I think I think no. Go I've already it. done that once this season. I'm I'm, I'm only <laughs> doing it once with him. <laughs> All right. Just I want to see you step down really quickly. But go go ahead, Mango. It was a good try. It was a good try, Dean. I was really excited for that. Got to put him in a corner. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You guys put me in a corner last week, so I appreciate this. Um, um, yeah, Bird, uh, I don't mind going back to Bird. I think he's perfectly fine. But uh, cheap receivers are not bad this week. I think it's more of like the 5 and uh, five and 4K range that we're looking at. Uh, last week we were interested in some 3K guys. I don't think there's as many as those guys to look at this week. Uh, Dorsett is 4-7. Even if, like, Edelman doesn't go, it's hard to be that excited. There's still plenty of weapons. We'll expect White to be back. He had a child. Congratulations to him and his family. Um Anything else that's kind of interesting, or shall we talk about some tight ends? And, of course, you know, Kelsey's probably the first guy that jumps off the board. Obviously, he's the most expensive. The biggest surprise, uh, I would say. And you know what? I'm going to shout out the Blitz, Cardi's Blitz. Uh, last week, it was popping for, for Waller on Oakland at Minnesota. And I was just like, dude, stop it, Cardi. Get out of here with your Waller. I'm going to play Ertz. And Waller went absolutely nuts. Uh, 14 targets. Uh, previously, as a, a previous set of 14 targets, he had seven and eight. He's basically on the field for every single snap, running a ton of routes, too. Uh, you can say he's game script proof, I suppose. They're probably going to be playing from behind, most likely, playing on the turf as well. Uh, I don't know if I, I like this price jump at 5.2K. Uh, where, where are you at here, Grant, as far as the tight ends? Open it up. So it's interesting when I was breaking down target share. Uh, Kansas City gives up a whole lot to the tight end, man. It could have been a little bit their schedule so far this season, but realistically, like, it's – it's uh, – they're not even playing Casey. I was talking about Hawkinson. Got distracted there. Uh, Casey's Hawkinson's gonna, playing Casey. Yeah, Hawkinson's the guy. I was saying Waller. Waller is playing the second-highest target share offense in Atlanta with 30% opposing targets going to the tight end. We talked about how bad they are versus giving up catches to the running back. That was mostly because of injuries – Early on in the season, they actually tightened down quite a bit in the second half of the season when some of their guys came back. Uh, but they are not great versus the tight end, Atlanta. Waller is 4800 here. It's expensive, but it's still not that expensive for a guy that has 21 targets on the season. Um, you got the top three guys with uh, – uh, what's it called? I was talking about Delaney Walker. Gosh, I am all confused. With Kelsey, Ingram, you got Waller in there is the third most expensive. Andrews for Baltimore. And then there's Walker, you know, against Atlanta. And then Hooper, who had two touchdowns last week. Olsen had two, two touchdowns last week. I mean, they're still fairly cheap. Are we chasing those touchdowns, Van Gogh? 
Um, yeah, so tight end. Uh, yeah, it's not the prettiest position this week. Uh, I'm, I'm going maybe to Kelsey or Ingram, but I, I don't know. It's like it drops off really, really fast there. That's the one issue that I have yeah. with the position. Like it gets really ugly quick. Like especially like look at Waller and Andrews. Like they're, they're good, but like they're starting to get a little bit pricier, right? Like I like them more when they're in the 3K range and 4K. Now they're in the 5K range. I'm a little concerned. So I think you're picking between Kelsey and Ingram. I think that's where you're mainly looking in your cash games. Uh, tournaments I get going to any of these other guys. Uh, one guy I really like is OJ Howard. Uh, he's a guy that just is too talented for that price. So um, he'll eventually pop. So I think you can buy low on him. The price tag is good. But the really cheap guy, if you look at what Arizona's done, I mean, Arizona. Well, don't steal it. Come on. Grant's waiting in the wings. He wants to recover from 30 seconds ago. I know who Grant wants to play. Come on, Grant. Give it okay, to me. fair enough. I'll give it over to Grant. Grant, Grant, tell, tell the people on this amazing play. Oh, yeah. The guy that I've been playing all season long and suggested every single week will disley with seven targets two touchdowns last week at 26 implied total going up against arizona who has one of the worst defense actually they are giving up the most points two opposing tight ends one of russell wilson's favorite targets in a game where you can pair russell wilson with the entirety of his offense fairly easily because of their prices yeah will disley is a fantastic play in the lower range it's him and hawkinson and to recover from what i was saying earlier Walker's going up against one of the worst defenses against tight ends. Waller is still going up against a defense that last year, their Tampa 2 defense forced shallow targets to opposing tight ends the entire game. So he can see a huge volume. But yeah, play Ingram and Kelsey. But if you want someone cheap, it's Hawkinson and it's Disley are two of the best plays on the board. I think Disley is your cash game guy if you're not stepping all the way up to, to Kelsey or, or Ingram. Uh, that, that's sort of my first look here. That's my first thought. And Grant, just to confirm here, do you know uh, two things? Like, first of all, how big of a sample size do you need to say, you know, this team is good or bad against a certain position? Because obviously if you're playing against Kelsey, it's different than if you're playing against, you know, the Dolphins or whatever. And is that two weeks to, as far as uh, the data you have, or is that three weeks? It, it, know? it was three. I went double check. Okay, good. Yeah, um, I get something. I need more than that, I think, but it's at least it, something. I need more than that, but honestly, it's just looking at this defense overall. And you you need to look at everything kind of matchup uh covering for matchup and Arizona just went up against Greg Olson. Um, so that kind of adds that week one, they went up against Detroit with Hawkinson and yeah. got beat pretty badly. So like they've, they've struggled pretty greatly against not great tight ends. They're not playing Kelsey. They're not playing Ingram. I mean, Olson is pretty decent. Hawkinson's pretty decent, but they made these guys look like Greg Olson was Pete Greg Olson. So <laughs> I think we can safely say that that's the case. And I, I cross-referenced from year to year, and it's, it's still like Arizona didn't give up a huge amount of targets last year, and they have in the past, I think, actually been decent tight ends. But it's running a different team entirely. Like when you get coaching changes, when Peterson's not in there, like things kind of change year over year, and you have to look at those in, in a vacuum, as Dean would say. And this appears to be a case where Arizona is just going to be just destroyed by opposing tight ends all season long, or at least this week. Uh, we'll see how the defense changed when Pearson comes back in the mold, but they're going to get just crushed. Yeah. Uh, pivot away from Disley. If you can't get all Disley, I don't mind Hawkinson either. If nothing else, like run it back in a Kansas city stack, you know, as far as the game. And, you know, we know that guy's like supposed to be like a least elite talent. He looked great for us week one. He's kind of like fell asleep the last couple of weeks, but you know, he looks like a legit athlete out there for sure. I mean, maybe he bounces back or at least somewhere in between his week uh, one and week two and three output. 
Mango, and final thoughts as far as tight ends. And, like, give me, you know, give me your game stacks. Give me your team stacks. Uh, who's jumping off the board for you? Yeah, so, like, speaking of, uh, you know, speaking of tight ends that people won't play, Vernon Davis right here. Uh, you know, Giants is – well, here's the thing. They, they play no defense, right? Like, anyone against the Giants and the Cardinals sounds like a good time to me. So, um, I'm perfectly fine with considering him. Like, as, like, a, again, like, deep, deep tournament play. Like, we're not talking about making this on a main team or anything like that. Like, you're making a lot of lives before you're putting in Big Vern there. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of the thing. It's do you get DFS things. points for hurdles? Is that is that a thing? Well, if you do, you're not getting one from tonight because Big Vern did not get the hurdle. Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just curious. Um, yeah, but it feels pretty confined, right, Mango? Like, all the way up or all the way in the bottom. And, like, the mid-tiers, I, gu- I guess you can chase the Hooper and you can chase Olsen. Sure, they're fine, but, like, uh, my first read is up top or down below. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. That's kind of the approach that I would take with it. Like Kelsey or Ingram are the two guys I'm looking at where I'd be going uh, the cheap route. So uh, we'll kind of have to see how things shake up with the slate um, and kind of see see what we do. But um, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like Kansas City and Detroit, that's probably like the game stack, right, that everyone's going to go to because it's the highest total. A lot of people are going to load up on that game, which I totally understand. But I don't know. There's not a lot of games that I'm in love with from a game stacking perspective right now. I mean, I'm looking at the board and not a lot of games are popping off that I like. I mean, I do like the – I think the Carolina-Houston game could have um, a lot of upside with those guys. Got like Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I like those players, so maybe that's the one I'm going to. I don't hate that. We talked about Washington and the Giants as an interesting stack, and I think that could work going to a Daniel Jones, Gallman's cheap, and Evan Ingram, Shepard. All those guys are certainly – pretty nicely priced then you could fit in you know a guy like a Keenan Allen and run it back with McLaurin right you're still able to get in those really expensive guys that I think are really good plays so um I guess Carolina Houston's my expensive game stack and I'll go with Washington Giants as my cheaper game stack yeah like Watson Hopkins and CMC I can get on board with that in the tournament and maybe if you want to add a fourth piece by all means do so uh jump in here Grant what do you have for me as far as game stacks game stacks I think you can do the Miami game just because of how cheap the Miami wide receivers are and that you only need to play Phil Rivers with potentially just Keenan Allen and have a big day, although you can you can throw in Mike Williams if you want, but throwing in a Miami wide receiver on the other side is not the worst idea in the world. Going with the KC game stack, obviously you can go a whole bunch of different ways on the KC side, but Marvin Jones, uh, Galladay, and Hawkinson are all good plays if Stafford goes off for a big game. They are all probably going to go off, too. I don't know if I'm going to go too much with the Rams. Um, just not really a huge fan of that game there. Um, it's just hard to figure out who to pay, you know, who to play in the Rams, right? It's just like there's good dudes, and that makes it trickier, I suppose. you got to make yeah. lineups. Yeah, but my favorite game stack, I've already mentioned it multiple times, is Seattle, Arizona. Um, obviously, all the Arizona guys are cheap. DJ's a little bit underpriced there. And over on the Seattle side, I mean, Wilson is one of my favorite plays on the entire board. Disley is one of my favorite tight end plays on the board. And Lockett's one of my favorite wide receiver plays on the entire board. You just take Carson out of the equation, which they might not run nearly as much. And the high volume of plays that they're going to run during that game, at least on the Arizona side, should help increase the value of the Seattle guys. It's a divisional game. And Arizona's defense is trash. Seattle's defense isn't what it used to be. Just gave up a ton of points to New Orleans team that, let's be honest, uh, Bridgewater is no Drew Brees. So, yeah, that's that's really my favorite game stack on the board, and it's not even that close. 
Yeah, I like that too. I, I like the idea of playing, and, and you can get two of the, the receivers there for Seattle just because they're so cheap and the matchup's pretty good. Like if you include Disley, it doesn't really cost a heck of a lot, and they, they can all sort of get there in the same game. Your favorite guy to run it back with on, on Arizona, if it's one guy, who is it? Probably Kirk. Uh, he's just getting huge volume. He's either Kirk or DJ. Um, I know that like DJ hasn't really impressed too much so far this season, but again, nine targets last week. Uh, could see something similar this week. He just hasn't really – he's only got – he hasn't had a multi-touchdown game. And Kyler Murray hasn't gone for a whole bunch of touchdowns. Like, that entire offense is due for some positive regression there. And Seattle, I think, is a spot where it could happen. Uh, we saw that Kamara had a big game, so DJ is one of my favorite guys. But DJ and Kirk is not a terrible idea either. That's it for analysis, right? Or, man, go no, real quick. Yeah, I want to say one last thing. Like, I think this Rams game, man, like, I, I get it. Like, people people always say, like, oh, everyone's going to go to, like, the high totals. But, like, I don't know. How many people are going to play the Rams, right? Those receivers are just always a mess to pick from, and people hate doing it. And one thing, now that we don't have Todd Gurley being who he is, right? We, we saw Todd Gurley last year. He was just a guy who ate up so much production. Like, there's more, uh, there's more, like, production to go around. And there's more production to go around. There's more mouths to feed. And this is perfect, right? We have Goff who can throw to Cooks, he can throw to Woods, he can throw to uh, Cup, and those guys can eat more than they did in the past. It used to feel like it was difficult to peg two of them, but I think this is a good opportunity where you can play Goff and pair it with two receivers and feel perfectly fine. I know it's like not the most comfortable thing, at least I feel that way, because you never know which one's going to go off, and you feel like one of them's always going to be screwed, but um, I, I really like going to the Goff and like the double receiver route this week, and then run it back with a Godwin and Evans, or even an OJ Howard for super cheap at tight end. Uh, I think that's a stack I'll definitely be looking at a ton, like going Goff, Cooper Cup, Cooks, and then OJ Howard yeah and we talked about the chargers too we just know like when you hold out your cup and you say more porridge please like we, the delegation of the slices you know the porridge that that keenan allen gets the porridge that that eckler gets uh, and if this game somehow stays tight where they're on there for four quarters and they're still pushing the offense to some degree uh you know rivers eckler allen and one random dude from miami i suppose and keep it interesting maybe preston wilson uh, williams Preston Wilson, uh, he used to bang out some homers for the Marlins and the Rockies, but Preston Williams, maybe he gets in the box uh, for you. All right, that's it. No more analysis, right? Just nonsense from this point forward, Grant? I mean, we have to make our bet first. That's nonsense, isn't it? I think it's nonsense. I don't think it's nonsense. It's not nonsense. It's not nonsense. It's Wait, hold on. It's not not nonsense? <laughs> it's it's, it's analysis. <laughs> okay, well, throw it out the floor. What, what, what do you have? What, what are you presenting? I mean, we can go high press running backs. I'll take DJ. Yeah. What, what man going? What's jumping out to you? Uh, so, like, my idea, but I don't think it's going to work. Uh, I was thinking, like, I, I would be down to grab, like, a quarterback and two receivers, and then, like, Grant grabs a quarterback and two receivers. Oh, come and you on. do, like, a game stack idea. Let's just make a whole team while we're at it. I, I, I kind of like that idea. Yeah, I just think it's different. Like, I don't, I don't know. like this. I'm not prepared for it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm super high on Russell Wilson. How about. A wide receiver, tight end, quarterback pairing. Yes, yeah, I'll take Mahomes, is... Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's point per dollar. But go ahead, Mahomes, Kelsey. Oh, no, dude, I don't. You gotta make me do math in the fly. I don't like this at all. Yeah, you no, I'll do math. That. That, so that's the problem. Like I was gonna go like the see. Cause you want to go? You want to go Disley? You want to go uh, Lockett? Yeah, and he can't lose. He yeah. He wants the he wants the advantage there. I feel like yeah. this gonna be too... I'm not getting roped up this time. Not happening. I mean. <laughs> Point per dollar is a thing for a reason. We live in a world of a salary cap team. But also raw points matter. You can't take the salary home. You can't cash it out and say, I left 3K in the floor now, and they'll give me 3,000. doesn't work yeah. that way either. But there's CMC on the slate, so you always have room to throw in CMC and fill your salary. 
Is there anything else we can do here? I don't like this at all. I got nothing. Uh, well, I don't see. I don't love because I feel like Grant's got this really good position. So I'm yeah, not, I'm not why, is, why does he lay claim to Seattle? How does he just get some monopoly on Seattle? Four K wide receivers. Let's see what's out there. What I'll do we take have? McLaren. Uh, why don't you take Humphreys? That's he's exactly four K. <laughs> That's your guy. Well, I told you only once. Unbelievable. We can take uh, Dolphins wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Dolphins wide receivers. I, I, I can make I can make four K wide receivers work. I have, I, do I not have... like this. Not prepared for this. Dude, I'm you can definitely go DK. Lose. Um, I mean, I might just take Humphreys just to beat you with Humphreys just for fun. Oh, <laughs> Dean, yes, let's do that now, Dean. Put that in. Come on. Look, he feels kind of safe. Like one of these two guys you guys pick is going to kind of sort of bust. And Humphreys, look, I'm gonna he'll be on the podium. He's not going to win the you know the silver, but he, you know he's going to win the silver. He's not going to win the gold, but he's also not going to get the bronze, right? Yeah, yeah. So you got Humphreys. Yeah, you have Adam Humphreys. going. Who's yours? Oh, it's a terrible idea. Man, what what so just I, happened? Yeah, you. I mean, Dean, you put yourself in a bad oh. spot. So you have me thinking now, right? Like I'm like. Do I really need to go like like Will Fuller is a really good option? Do I need to go that like you know because he can really bust? We know what he can do. But... I might see him raise you just so you know if you if you do something goofy. I might I might re raise, but go ahead. I mean, listen, I'm I'm gonna this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna stick I'm gonna stick with uh oh man, I, it's between Samuel and Fuller, man. I don't know which one I want to take. This is really tough. Listen, let's go with uh let's go with Will Fuller. I'll I'll stick with that. Well, Will right. Fuller is boom bust. What what do you have, Grant? I got McLaren. Oh, McLaren's a lock. Um, uh, you took Adam Humphreys, man. Come oh, on. Great. Dude, you can go with Dorsett hoping Edelman doesn't play. No, but then I don't want to bet in the com. Like, you know, what, what happens if uh, – You can go like, with 10 target Beasley. They <laughs> should just get – oh, Beasley. Dude, dude, there's nothing better than beating Grant with his own guy, man. Come on. Oh, man. Beasley's 4-7? Come on. Get out of here. The dude uh, has – 10 targets last week, 23 on the season. Okay. He had one for, for reference, that's about double what Humphreys has. Dude, it's 30-point upside according to last season, so. I can't believe this. Can I Can I say Humphreys and, like, possibly, like, change it on the, like, later on? And give me, like, another, another like, couple, nope. another day? Oh. Dean, this is supposed to be bold calls. Oh, yeah, what's bold about Adam Humphreys? What's bold this about is... Beasley and his 15 points a week? Oh, crap. All right, I'm going to lose. Start rating the tweet. I'll tell you, I'll, 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 I want to beat you. With your own guy. How about that? Yeah, that's fine. I'll have Trav get another tweet next week. Speaking of which, you ready yeah. for your tweet? Mango? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hear this one out. Um, I'm excited to figure out what we're doing here. All right, Mango. So you're going to be tweeting this out tomorrow. Uh, well, we should clarify the rules because the rules weren't officially clarified. And there oh, yeah. Language. We still need to figure out. Uh, so I actually have the punishment along with this tweet. You guys ready? What punishment? For, for Dean cheating. No, there's no cheating. I, I made it very clear behind closed doors. I will happily, you know, uh, do whatever you need me to do for me to supposedly not cheat. Um, that's fine. You cheat, but just wait until, wait until I say everything. So Trav's tweet is, for every 1,000 retweets, I will stake one lucky retweeter, 0.25, on a DFS side of their choice. To qualify and win big, you must retweet and follow me. Also include the following info. Social security number, height, weight, girth, and length, winky face. Any or Audi, boxers of briefs, and your favorite Nickelback song. Thank you. Uh, listen, uh, I'm, I'm curious uh, how many comments we'll be getting on this one. Uh, it'll be uh, very interesting. And I'm curious if anyone has a favorite Nickelback song. That'll be, uh, <laughs> that'll be exciting to find out. Oh, gosh. Photograph? Easy. <laughs> oh, and Dean, your punishment is you have to reply with four inches and four inches. 
Oh, come on. Seriously? <laughs> I mean, that's just funny, but like, come on. <laughs> it's uh, you broke the rules. We got, not, we got does a he, definitive does he, does he, ruling. Does he, reply, does he reply or does he quote a uh, tweet reply? I reply. Uh, yeah, you can quote if you want, but you just have to reply. Yeah, and by like, 0.25 is 25 cents. I don't know how to qualify that. Like When I was writing it out, I was like... You could uh, put a dollar sign in front of it. Yeah. The universal like, yeah. showing of american dollars yeah but a dollar sign in front of it looks like and if you don't with the decimal you're like it looks it looks kind of weird doesn't it like a dollar sign then a decimal in two five then you put a cent sign behind it hypothetically this thing blows up and gets like a hundred thousand retweets what happens then well like, in order to qualify you actually have to have people to give you their social security number correct dealing. there you go any howdy favorite nickelback song listen, listen if people if people are if i got thousands of people give me their social security number i'll find a way to give 25 cents out of yeah. uh, no. go, goes to the dark web i will supply up to at least ten dollars if need be just to <laughs> throw it out there i don't think it'll get there but if it does if it, so be it uh grant you reiterate who was our winner last week as far as uh, in the comments and give us the question this week because we want people to uh we want to be interactive. We want to have some fun. And people love it. Well, you, you go ahead and tell the people what we're, what's uh, going to be answered this week in the comment section. Yeah, so it was 10-8 Shed for pooping himself in a Walmart. And the question this week is, worst DFS beat? I don't, I, mine was waking up just slightly before lock, making one change, and uh, I ended up in 40th in the Millie Maker, I think, instead of first. Oh, that, that's pretty terrible. Yeah. So it wasn't like a 4v4, it was just one dude. It was a 2v2 in the same game. It yeah. was Gronk and uh Gronk and Dion or Gronk and Burkhead for Dion Lewis and Cooks is what I originally had. And I went back and ran the numbers. And that was at the draft party for the RG party. Um yeah, that was rough. Yeah, Mangone's worst beat was just like 20 minutes ago on the fly. <laughs> he thought he had a chance winning the uh, <laughs> the showdown slate. Unfortunately, didn't happen. I don't really have a bad beat story, and like nobody wants to that nobody wants to hear your bad beat story. We want to hear it. We want to hear your bad beat story. Give us a good one. Well, does I it have got, to be DFS. I guess it does. I got one. I don't know. It's not. It is a bad beat, but it's not. So like uh, back when Fantasy Aces was a thing, I used to always enter the qualifier. You know, every yep. Friday there was a big qualifier. You remember that one, Grant? I, I forget yep. what the price was on. It was a pretty good qualifier. I'd always enter the qualifier, right? But uh, I had to go I had to go down to uh, the grandparents' beach house, right, and driving down, and I realized that, you know, I was in a rush to get out of work in time so I would avoid traffic, and I had to get on a schedule, right, because I needed to drive. This Part of the drive, there, there's there's not, like, a place that you can stop. So I had to leave at a certain time. That way I could get to the McDonald's at 6.30, right? Because I knew sure. the Wi-Fi was there, and I could, you know, fix up my teams and everything. I was listening to you on grinders live on the flagship show in the car as well. And I'm I'm driving down there, Dean, and I'm listening and, uh, you know, park McDonald's, you know, make my teams and dude, I make an awesome team, man. Like the team goes off, has a really awesome day, but I was so preoccupied at work and worrying about getting there and making sure everything was buttoned up. You know what? Forgot that for the qualifier. And Paul Goldschmidt hits a double at the end of the game. And that would have put me in first to hit the qualifier. So, uh, we're super tilted about that. Well, there you go. I don't. I don't have one. Like, I, not one pop coming to mind for whatever reason. I don't know why I don't have one. But like, I think that qualifier Goldschmidt pushed me out of first, and I ended up in third. Was it a double qualifier? Uh, it was that big one on Friday. I I forget. Yeah, that man. was the double qualifier for their MLB one. Yeah, yeah. No, that pushed me out of first place into third uh, with the top two qualifying. 
So we both have a bad beat on the same thing, possibly. That's interesting. <laughs> so 10-8-S-H-U-S-D, slide into my Twitter DMs. Uh, give me your info. I'm, I'm not going to ask for your social security number, your, your height, your weight, your girth, or length. I don't need any of that, any Audi. Box but feel free to tell them. I mean, feel, I suppose feel free. I, I'm asking for it, so you better respond tomorrow. <laughs> I don't really need all that stuff. Uh, just, you know, say hello. Let me know who you are, and we'll, uh, we'll get a T-shirt sent out to you. Size, the t- size for a T-shirt, we do need that, uh, and an address. So we want to hook you up and get yourself an RT T-shirt, and we'll, we'll send one out uh, your way for the next batch. And, again, uh, respond in the comments section. And uh, we want to give away some shirts. We want to make this interactive, and we'll read uh, the, best, uh, you know, the best option as far as next week. Uh, anything else? That's it. We did everything, right, Grant? Yeah, I think we I think we covered all bases. Congratulations, uh, Mangone. Finish strong. What do you have for me? Yeah, man. Uh, not the prettiest week, but listen, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a big week this week. I'm pumped. Uh, we're gonna find a way to make it work. And uh, I listen, it hasn't been the best start of the year, but I'm, I'm positive vibes all around. Dean, we're gonna power through. Well, Grant, my punishment should be taking Adam Humphreys this week. By the way, just as a side note, that's my punishment. Why am I playing Adam Humphreys as my guy? That's the punishment. That's good enough, is it not? I mean, I don't know if you like punishing yourself, so it could be a good thing for you. <laughs> Why is Adam Humphreys my guy? Uh, I fell for the trap. You said it. Well played, Grant. Uh, give us something for the road. Uh, apparently, you need to play Adam Humphreys because no, I'm doomed to failure anytime I do play him, and anytime I don't, then he goes off. Thanks for listening to the Absolutely Epic Early Week podcast. He's Ben Gone. He's Grant. I'm Dean. We're out of here. Holler. See you, kids. Holler.